All right, welcome to week 15 of NFL football. Uh, pretty important last few weeks, I'd say, Mike. Um, we're going to talk playoff picture here to start out with. Uh, so we'll start with AFC and then, then go to NFC. Um, let's start with just the overall picture right now. Number one with the bye is Ravens. Then it's Dolphins, Chiefs, Jags, all in their division leading followed by Brown Steelers Colts with the Texans, the Broncos, the Bengals, the Bills all having a reasonable chance at 7 and 6 and getting in because the Steelers and Colts are also 7 and 6. Uh, so we're in like a five-way tie essentially for two spots plus the Browns are up there at 8 and 5, so a lot going on. Mike, who do you see coming out on top here? Coming out of the AFC, like what's your what's your final prediction here? Um I think the Ravens hang on. The Ravens Dolphins game will be fun. Um, I don't see a world where the Broncos catch the Chiefs for the division. Um, Agreed. Though that has been floated as a possibility. The Jaguars are sitting only one game ahead, despite the fact that the Titans, uh, or sorry, the Texans lost um, pretty horrendously to the Jets. So there's still a possibility there. I do think the four that we have now will hold on. I think Stroud's injury is massive. I I get the like hype with the Browns because Flacco's playing well, but I don't think that lasts. I think the Steelers are about to hit, sink like a rock. And then, I don't know. I just, I don't see a world where the Colts hang on. So I think ultimately, you know, as we talked about, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, I think that the Texans, if Stroud only misses a game, probably get in. I think the Bills right now, if they beat the Cowboys, the season's completely back on. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, I, like, the way that Jake Browning is playing, like, you can't, you have to think the Bengals have a really favorable draw here to get in. Um, so I, I, right now, if you, if you made me pick, I would say, yeah, it's Ravens get the one seed, then Dolphins, Chiefs, um, Jaguars. And then I would say probably, um, probably Texans, Bills, Bengals, but I like the Broncos are still going to be very good. I, I do think we see a lot of turnover in the wild card, even though the Browns are up a game, just because I, I think like spoiler, I think they're in trouble this week. Um, and then down, like, I, I, like I said, I love Joe Flacco's fun. I, I just, I don't know how this holds up through the rest of the year. And there's so many defensive injuries, like even in a game that they should have coasted in this week against the Jaguars with an injured Trevor Lawrence, when they got up so early, they barely hung on to win that game. Um, and two of the three, like after the Bears, two of the three teams that they have left are in playoff contention in the Texans and Bengals. So, like, there aren't really easy games left for them. The one team that they play that isn't in playoff contention is the Jets, who just beat the Texans. Um, so, and granted, it's at home, but it's not, that's not an easy game. Like, the Jets haven't quit yet. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I, I think that's that's where I land. If you put a gun in my head, I would say that the wild card teams are uh, Texans, Bengals, Bills. I don't disagree. I also um, – it's funny to me because I think the Steelers and Colts are the two that I would expect not to actually continue on making it. I think 
the Bengals, if their quarterback play can keep up, have a better chance. I think the Bills are probably still very well situated to come out on top. And honestly, like the Broncos aren't playing bad either. So, you know, it's interesting to me, like it, it sucks that Stroud um, is, is in concussion protocol, but because I think the Texans genuinely had a chance. I think maybe you're not too disappointed if you're the Texans with how this year went anyway. Um, but no, no matter win, what, this is a success. You got your guy. Like, yeah. That's that's what you needed to find out. You did. So now but, it's like going to the offseason, draft well, add pieces in free agency, and start to get aggressive about trying to be a playoff contender immediately because you have the pieces there to do it. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like you're in the hole necessarily either. I mean, the, two of the four games they have are against the Titans, who are five and eight, and they finish up with the Colts. Like the Browns will be their hardest matchup on Christmas Eve. I think there's a real world in which the the Texans still get in, and if that concussion doesn't last long. Yeah, the one know, thing I will say, I will amend. I, I'll take the Texans out. I'm gonna say the Broncos make it because the Broncos they play the Lions this week in Detroit. That's a tough game. But they after that it's Pats at home, Chargers at home, Raiders at Vegas. That's cake. Yeah, <laughs> it honestly, <laughs> it honestly wouldn't surprise me if the Browns, Steelers, and Colts all fall by the wayside, and you yeah. see like Texans, Broncos, Bills, or Bengals sneaking in there. To be honest, I think there's a lot of fluctuation with the AFC. Yeah, because like the ban- yeah, it really like the AFC North teams. It's like who got their Ravens games out of the way, um, and- more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Bengals schedule isn't easy because they have the, like, if they get by the Vikings this week, they'll have a good shot to beat the Steelers uh, in Pittsburgh, but then they finish Chiefs-Browns. Um, that Bengals-Browns game at the end of the season is going to be a lot of fun. That's I, I think they'll be flexing that too, probably. Yeah. That'll be probably for the division, Jake Browning versus Joe Flacco. Yeah. Uh, as far as the NFC. All right, so NFC playoff picture. On the other side uh, of this, you're looking at a 49ers team that, you know, was not looking like they would vie for that spot with how the Eagles were playing in the middle of the year. Now you have three 10 and three teams in the 49ers, the Cowboys and the Eagles all going for that first seed spot. And the Cowboys and Eagles uh, have now split. They're one and one Cowboys have a better interdivision record. I imagine the Eagles will also tie with that divisional record. I think they're both going to be five and one unless uh, like the Cowboys lose to the commanders or giants or the Eagles lose to the giants. Um, so I'm curious, <clears throat> do you think the 49ers are in a better spot just because they're not eating each other alive? Or do you think that of those three teams, like who do you see coming out with the buy? Because it's, it's looking like the NFC in and of itself, aside from maybe that seventh slot where you have five teams that are six and seven, and right now the Packers have that spot, but it looks like that's pretty shored up, right? It's probably going to be the Vikings. Uh, it's probably going to be the Eagles or the Cowboys in that that number five slot. So, like, who do you see coming out number one? And then who do you see kind of finishing and rounding it us up? So I... I think the 49ers are going to finish one and it's not like a, it's not a schedule thing. It is not a like what division do they play in thing? It is just, they are playing really good football. Um, So I I think if one of these teams is going to finish out, I just, I I like the way the the 49ers are playing. 
the Cowboys look good, but they have to go play the Bills. They've played all these games at home. Like, I want to see what they look like on the road before uh, I totally buy in on them being the team that we've seen the past three weeks. Um, I think that 2-5 race between Philly and the Cowboys is interesting in that really the playoff setup and when you play the 49ers is like the biggest, obviously the biggest advantage of winning the division. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because the the first round matchup, I think if you're just going on first round matchup alone, I actually think you'd probably rather be in the wild card and go to whoever wins the NFC South than have to deal with like the Rams uh, or even like the Seahawks or the Bears, if like Geno figures it out, or the Bears, you know, are on a roll into the playoffs. Like, I, I think you'd probably rather go to whoever wins the NFC South than play a, a team that's on a heater coming into the playoffs. So, um, from that perspective, I think the NFC East matters more. And like, when do you get? Obviously, then if you're in the wild card round, you have, or sorry, if you're the five, you have to go play the 49ers second. Um, assuming you beat, you know, the, the NFC South champion uh, versus if you're on the other side of the bracket, obviously you don't play them to the conference championship. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Um, but yeah, I, I think the 49ers are uh, going to finish with the best record just because they're playing the best football. And then as far as who sneaks in at the back, I think, like I said, Rams, Seahawks, Bears. I actually don't think the Vikings hold out just because I know there's only four weeks left, including this week, but I, I just the way they looked last week, I can't shake the fact that I, I don't think they're going to win games down the stretch. Yeah. And I would say, I think to, to add on <clears throat> to what you're saying, uh, I think the addition of chase young really changed how the 49ers are playing defense. Like I think Bosa was obviously already fantastic, but the addition of another edge rusher like chase young first round pick, on that D line, I think has made an incredible difference. I think you're seeing their defense play better. Um, I don't think they were playing poorly before, but I th- certainly think it's a great addition. And then when you look at that overall picture, playoff picture, like the the guy that was playing against the Eagles twice a year, getting him on your team as a first round pick is is just that added bonus of that's probably the competition you're playing between. You know, if you're thinking NFC Championship game. It's probably either Cowboys or Eagles unless, you know, the Lions kind of, you know, get frisky or, or maybe like the Vikings go on a run. But that's not likely. Right. So, like, if you're genuinely looking at the NFC, I really only think it's between the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Lions and the Eagles. And I think of those teams, the 49ers are significantly more situated compared to their peers. Right. I think the Lions are interesting. I think the Cowboys are interesting. I think the Eagles have been playing pretty crappy football the last couple of weeks. And I think that a lot of people would agree with that. Um, so I'm interested to see where it kind of winds up. I, I do agree with you though. I think the 49ers are probably the best team in the NFC right now. Uh, and, and I think when you're looking at it from a holistic standpoint, right? If, if there's even a slight inkling that like the Cowboys might falter in the playoffs, like we've become accustomed to no offense to the Cowboys, but right. Like even through the Tony Romo era, they haven't performed well, I would say, in the playoffs, comparatively speaking. Yeah. Uh, I think the 49ers are just that much more well-situated to, to make a deep run into the playoffs. Yeah, the, I mean, it, it really does feel like the pieces are lining up for San Francisco. Like, everybody, right now, everybody's healthy. You know, they 
they look dominant. Brock Purdy's playing better than he ever has. Like they have so many weapons. It just it feels like this is the sort of season where the back half they are just far and away the best team in football. Um, and they they just carry all that momentum right through the playoffs. And then you know obviously anything can happen in a Super Bowl, but I, I they they've got to be the odds on favorite to win the NFC. I haven't looked at the odds by far. Um, and it, it just feels like they are getting hot, playing their best football at the right time. I would agree. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, so I guess let's roll into the week slate. Um, the week's slate. It's not a week slate. Uh, currently on television right now, we're watching Thursday night football. Uh, so we'll start with them as we always do. Uh, Chargers Raiders right now scores uh, seven nothing Raiders. So, but over under is thirty six. I know you took the under. Uh, I am on um, Chargers plus three. This game didn't really interest me, but I, I wanted to throw some juice on it. But what do you what do you think? Um, what justify your pick since we've obviously already placed our picks with the game on? Um. So just to get out of the way, uh, last. Two weeks, um, obviously, because we were off for a week. Uh, seven, eight, and one. So on the season, 47, 40, and seven, seven pushes, man. Seven, um, which uh, totals up to 54%. We're up 2.25 units. Uh, so I took it on here. I haven't had a chance to put it in legally. Uh, going down to Florida, actually, this week, where betting is, I think, temporarily allowed, um, which is nice. Uh, so... I uh, I took it on here, but Chargers under 35, or sorry, Chargers Vegas under 35 and a half. Two really just depressing offensive performances last week, and the team with any sort of potential to be a competent, competent offense, uh, the Chargers lost Justin Herbert for the year. So to me, I know this is a very low number, but, uh, but it just like 17-14 keeps you under it, and does that sound like an unreasonable score for this game? Um, it feels like a bait under where Vegas is trying to get people to take the over by setting the, the line so low. But, uh, you know, as far as Vegas goes, 76% of the cash is on the under, 72% of the tickets, but but even more of the money. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It just it, it feels like these two teams are going to struggle to score. We are uh, midway through the first quarter, roughly. Uh, Vegas just scored to go up seven nothing. Really would have loved that to have been a field goal. Um, and hopefully the Chargers defense isn't this bad all night. But the nice part uh, is that if one of these teams it was going to get up and then just run out the clock, it was going to be the Raiders more than the Chargers. Like I think, you know, obviously Staley and and Kellen Moore maybe trying to keep their jobs if they aren't already fired. So, uh, yeah, if there was one team that'd be more motivated to perform offensively, I think it would be the Chargers. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Not good so far. Would have preferred that to be a field goal. Yeah, not, I mean, not good for my bet. I, I took uh, Chargers plus three here. I took them because two teams not playing well, bad offenses. Just kind of lay the points and see what happens. I also think it's interesting that, <clears throat> you know, whoever loses this game, both these teams are five and eight. Uh, and dead last in the NFC West. But if you look at the playoff picture, you could make the argument that at five and eight, you're still technically in the hunt. Whoever loses this game is is done, right? So play with your heart, right? I thought Chargers maybe would show a little some spark in here, but uh, so far nothing yet. Uh, seven nothing in the first quarter, and uh, 
This is the second time the Chargers will have the ball, but they went three and out first first possession. So not great uh, performance so far, but we should see. We'll see how it goes. Let's roll into the rest of the week because I think we do have a pretty good slate this week. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> in the one o'clock time slot in no particular order, we have Vikings, Bengals. Vikings are three-point underdogs This away. is Sat- Saturday. Let's Sorry, see. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Right. So we got. I, I think we do Saturday slate and then the Sunday slate. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So these are the Saturday games. I apologize. I forgot we with college football regular season officially over. They are allowed to do Saturday games now. Uh, so Saturday at noon, Vikings Bengals. Uh, Vikings plus three over unders forty. Then you got an afternoon game in Steelers Colts. Steelers are one and a half point favorites. Over under is forty two. And then you finish up with a night game of Broncos Lions. <gasps> Excuse me, which should be actually pretty good. Uh, Lions are four-point favorites over under 48. Um, do you have any bets on these? I have a, I have a few bets on these, actually. Uh, just one in the early window. I've got uh, – I'm taking the Bengals. Um, I know that 76% of the cash is on Minnesota. I just – I also know what I saw with my eyes last week, and Cincinnati is – they're winning games with a backup quarterback and Jake Browning, but it is in a way that is clearly replicable. Like they, it is not a fluke that the Bengals are winning these games uh, the way that they're playing. Like, and they're not bad teams, right? They beat, they went down to Jacksonville and beat Jacksonville, um, and then they come home and play the Colts, who are not good, but they're not bad. They're in that like frisky category, um, and the Bengals just looked like professionals in both of those games so to me i when you look at the vikings and like they're they're replacing dobbs with nick mullins you don't know if jefferson's gonna play they yes they're in the wild card picture but they aren't playing with a ton of confidence as a team and so Mm -hmm. this is just sort of like a vibes pick here but i'm gonna take cincinnati minus three i think they win by like a touchdown but I, i i do think that this is a somewhat convincing win for the Bengals here. I could see that too. And I, I thought, you know, maybe Dobbs had lost maybe just a little bit of that, like rookie new guy spark, like the guy coming in, right. I know he's been playing a while. Um, it just, I think it's kind of faded away. I think the Vikings are going to have a tough time in the playoffs and granted both teams are kind of in a similar position, obviously losing their starting quarterback. It just seems like the Bengals are a more well-rounded team. So I 100% can see where you're coming from. I actually like the over here. Um, I know these two teams like have fluctuated a lot this season, but over 40 seems like like I believe in these teams to score points, play each other a little close. You know, I could see a world in which, you know, it's 21-20 or you know, anything really above each team getting about 17 to 20. So I think this just pushes over uh, 40 here. I, I, I like the over. Um, as far as the other two games, was that your only pick for that slate? Yeah, this is my only one. on. Uh, I, I do have two more. I got Steelers money line. Um, this is okay. So Steelers are only one and a half point favorites or I'm sorry, underdogs. This is a, yeah, this so, is, yeah, I got that part. I want to hear the logic on the, uh, the Steelers part here. The, the Colts have looked anemic to me for a very long time. Um, percentage of money is on the Steelers, I don't know, one and a half point spread. And this is a game that like the Steelers don't usually lose, right? Like they're in the playoff hunt. They're playing the seventh seed as the sixth seed currently. 
there's something about this where like a Mike Tomlin led team guts this out and, and comes through with a W to me, uh, as opposed to the Colts who seem like, like it is shocking to me. The Colts are over 500, right? It shocks me that the Steelers are over 500, but when you look at how they play like hard nose, tough football, I think they're going to eat the Colts lunch. I don't think the Colts will be competitive in this game. I was surprised to see they were favorited. Um, so it should be interesting to see how they perform. And then in the, the evening game, I'm taking Lions minus four here. Um, usually don't bet every single game on like a slate like this, but uh, Lions plus money percentage. Um, but more importantly, need to like regain some momentum here uh, with how the NFC is shaping up. I know like they're not by any means guaranteed to get that, you know, third or fourth slot at, at nine and four, right? Because the, Broncos are catching up. They're catching up quick. Um, or I'm sorry, not the Broncos. Um, that like the Vikings are on their tail. The you know they're not they're not that far ahead in the standings. Where like I could even see the Packers winning out and then like taking over that spot from the Lions. Like there's there's con- there's a lot in the NFC North going on where the Lions need to have a convincing win over a good team over 500. I think that happens on Saturday night against the Broncos, who. You know, let's be honest, I was a little surprised that they're doing as well as they're doing, right? Like, I, I I, know a lot of people had them high from last year, but last year was abysmal, and I was very surprised that they've come out and put up a, above 500, even with Sean Payton record this year, because I thought there was some time that they needed to kind of get things in motion. Um, but I think, I think the Lions come out against the Broncos. I think they come out firing, and I think they win by about a touchdown. I... So the only thing that concern like it, it feels like the Lions need a get right game. Like they lost to the Packers, hundred percent. They yeah, they beat the Saints, but the Saints suck. Um, at previewing uh, one of my yeah, and, and uh, the but they, then they lose to the Bears. So it's like it, they need like a Panthers Patriots sort of beat up game, so that way they can feel like they are still the Lions that we thought they were you know, midway through the season. And the problem is they just don't get that because the Broncos are annoying. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, the Like they, they play smart, sound football this year with Russell Wilson. They, they hang in every game, even though they're not that particularly like fun to watch. Um, and, and so you've got to play them at home, but then you've got the Vikings who are still fighting for playoff, you know, their playoff lives. And you mm-hmm. got the Cowboys in between those two Vikings games. So it's the only thing that does make me under that logic that makes me feel better about the Lions is now you're backed into a corner. Like at some point the Lions are like, there's no hope coming. We've got to turn it around and play better if like it's on us. There's not like a team coming up that we can look forward to and say, hey, we're going to beat them up. It, you've got to figure it out like now because you're going to get, you know, three games after this against teams that are really fighting for a lot. So that makes me, you know, I, I, I would lean Lions in that game. I, I just feel like Denver's playing really, like, sound football. So four and a half is the part that scares me. It feels like a lot, especially given the fact that, like, Detroit shouldn't be a four and a half point favorite against many teams, given the fact that they just lost by 14 to the Bears. Like, it, I, that feels like a rich spread, too, but I, I do see the logic there. The Steelers and the Colts, I, I honestly, like, I, I was going to say this when you were talking about it, but 
I think that Shane Steichen should be in the coach of the year conversation, despite the fact that they're meh. Just because you lose Richardson, you don't have what we would have considered a particularly like strong cast of talent. You lose Shaq Leonard, and somehow this team with a backup quarterback is just still hanging around the playoff hunt, being competitive in every game, playing co- really, really good, competent offense. Uh, they also didn't have Jonathan Taylor for half the year. Like they, they are playing really good football, despite the fact that I don't think they're a very good football team, which is like so bizarre to say. But I think that's all on Steichen. So, uh, and maybe that's a little dayball esque, and we've got to pump the brakes on how much we think like he's going to ascend as a coach. But I, I really do think Steichen's got them playing well. So that's where that's the only thing that that concerns me with the Steelers, but I do agree this is a very Tomlin spot to go win this game. So um yeah, those are my thoughts. I don't I don't hate the thoughts. Uh all right, let's move on to the 1 p.m. slate. Um cuz I'm interested to see what what bets you have. I think we got some interesting matchups too. Um okay, so Sunday uh 1 p.m. kick, we got Bears Browns. Bears are 3 point underdogs at Browns uh who are still very much fighting for a playoff spot uh, over under 38 Browns are not necessarily the bears. Although the bears are still in it. Bears are still, yeah, technically in it. Uh, Falcons, Panthers, Falcons minus three against the Panthers over under 34 uh, jets, dolphins, obviously interdivisional matchup with some playoff implications. Dolphins are nine and a half point favorites at home over under 30, uh, 36 and a half. Then you got Texans, Titans, uh, Texans are three and a half point underdogs at Titans. Uh, over-under is 37.5. You got Giants at Saints. Saints are five-point favorites against the Giants. Over-under is 39.5. You got Chiefs at Patriots. Chiefs are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is 37. Mike, what do you got? Uh, four plays. You want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. I only got two for the slate. So. All right. Um, I am taking the Bears and the points. Um, I, I don't hate it. That did stick out to me. Yeah, to me, this is, again, this is like eyeball test. The Bears are playing well. The Browns got out to an early lead against Jacksonville, but that should never have been a game. And the Bears, or sorry, the Browns let them back into that game. Meanwhile, it does feel like the Bears have really found something here. And like, you know, Fields is, you know, more than likely this is an audition for his next team. So he's got something to play for. Iberflus is trying to keep his job. Um and, and these guys, I think they're starting to realize that because the Panthers are so bad, no matter what, they're going to end up with the number one pick. So there's a lot for the, this team can go, you know, make a playoff run. And even if you don't, you know, succeed and you end up in like the 15s with a first round pick to have, you know, in a deep class for like offensive tackle and wide receiver. And, you know, there's a lot of a lot of premium draft positions you can fill with that 15th pick in this year's class and still have a competitive season where you get some sort of belief in these players that they can go out and, and compete for a playoff spot next year. So I just think I, the, the bears seem like they have a lot of momentum. The Browns seem like they're sort of like a deer on ice skates. Like they're, they're, they're winning games and moving, but like, you know, it, it just doesn't look stable. And and I'm waiting for the bottom to drop out one of these weeks. I think this could be the week. So, you know, Bears Bears going to uh, the Browns is not really like a weather advantage because those are basically the same city when it comes to weather. Um, so, yeah, I, I just – I think the Bears, you know, really keep this game competitive and, uh, and, and 
I don't hate a money line. May, I might see how tonight and, and Saturday go and see if I can sprinkle a little bit on the money line because I do think the Bears are, are really live in this game. The other part, too, is that plus three, I think, depending on the book, you can get this right now. We'll see how it trends towards the weekend. Uh, at somewhere around, like, even money to minus 105, which is even nicer, too. So, um, yeah, I, I like this one. I think the Bears uh, have a real shot to win this game. Yeah, I, I I actually really like that pick. I might tell you. Uh, and the Bears are in a unique position, too, where you're simultaneously vying for a pretty decent pick, and you might be trying to get to the playoffs, and none of that matters because the pick you have in the Panthers is going to be probably almost certainly at this point going to be the number one pick in the league. So you get to like go out, compete, and not get upset if you win these games because you already have the number one pick, essentially. And it's really just where's that second pick? And if you are if you know you're going to go after the number one draftee in Caleb Williams, right, like you can, you can go out there and you can compete. You could try to make your current quarterback in Justin Fields. I think we're both kind of on the same page. I think they move away from Justin at the end of the year. But, like, you can shop him around if he does well at the end of the year. I think, you know, they're in a perfect position to do it. And I don't think anybody on that team is going to really quit. Uh, or give up, especially against like a Browns team that, you know, has is, is been hit and miss at, at best. Um, so it should be interesting to see. I do like the pick. Um, I'll give you one of mine here. I'm going to take the over in the Texans-Titans game. Uh, I know CJ Stroud's been out. Um, Titans showed a little bit of juice last week in getting up from the mat and actually going out, beating Miami. Uh, incredible game. Honestly, uh, uh, not one I expected either for Miami to drop, but Titans played a great game, put up 28 on, on a good defense. Over 37 here seems reasonable, and, and honestly, I know the Texans struggle without Stroud a little bit, but the Titans' defense isn't great. You could probably see some scores here. So I, I like over 37.5 uh, going into this game. I don't know if you have a pick for this one, Mike. Um, Before... Uh, sorry, I don't. Um, I, I was thinking about something different while we finished, you know, talking about that, that Bears game. Mm -hmm. The if We both value the um, Justin Fields trade is probably going to get, what, like a second? Is there, do you think there's a world where they could get a first round pick for Justin Fields? If he plays well through the end of the season, think about this. All right, so I, I just I just did this exercise in my head while you were talking about Houston. Um, stop me. Uh, I'm going to go through Tankathon reverse order at the back end of the first round. Stop me when you think that there's a team that would trade, possibly trade a first-round pick for Justin Fields. Uh, Baltimore, San Francisco, Dallas, Miami, Philly, Detroit, Jacksonville, Kansas City, Houston because it's Cleveland's, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Indianapolis, Tampa Bay, uh, Green Bay, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Arizona, Denver, the Rams. I, I think like maybe the Rams. Yeah. Honestly, like, but like, what position does he take? So here's my thought, right? My, my thought Someone's is, one's already get, gotten him an effort at starter. I don't think any of those teams want him as starter. I think they'd want him as a backup. I think he has to accept that if the uh, Bears move away from him. Um, so yeah, I could see a Kirk Cousins backup, at, uh, Justin Fields on the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, hundred percent. 
I don't know. To me, if like if you're Pittsburgh and you give up twenty three for Fields and the opportunity, like if, if you sign him, yeah, on there's like, an upside there. Yeah, if you sign him on like a a let's say twenty million dollar deal, something that's like half of what the best starters in the league get, and you just give it's like basically a two years, and you can cut him, and you just see what you have. I think the same logic applies to like Minnesota and Tampa Bay too. Um, so I don't know. I was just, I was thinking about that. Um, at, you know, is there a team that, and if that's the case, are the bears in really, really good shape? Maybe. Um, sorry to your, um, Texans pick, um, Texans are over. You said, uh, yeah, yeah. Over. Over. Right. Yeah. Over 37 um, and a half. Don't, uh, it's, it's Stroud's injury status that kept me away. I don't necessarily hate the over. It's just more like. If he's not there, feels like a Vrabel game. Like maybe they win this like 28 to 10, you know, and well, I guess that would, sorry, like 24 to 10, uh, just a game where it, it stays under. It's not ever really close. And like the Titans sort of suffocate the Texans. So I don't know. I, I, I'm staying away from it. I don't hate the logic there. Uh, what else you got for the slate? I know you said you had four. Uh, two are in the same game. Oh, by the way, yeah, we talked about the two for one special. Um, that did not or that didn't make sense. Uh, two shows ago. Uh, you were right because I got hosed on. Uh, like not hosed. Dallas and Seattle went way over and was a very close game. <laughs> um, I got ho- What I got hosed on was Detroit New Orleans because Detroit had that that game was dead at the beginning of it, and Detroit just couldn't get stops in the second half. And so they still won, I think, by seven. But uh, but the the total they just let New Orleans back into the game. Um, so it was that was frustrating. But anyway, um, I do have a two for one here, but it's uh not the same thing. It's the underdog and the total. I'm taking uh Giants plus six and under thirty nine. Okay. Um, this is I'm gonna keep fading the Saints. Um, the the like. Everybody can laugh at me, but I took, we didn't do the show. I took Carolina um, plus five and a half. And you could say like, I'm just attached to the take that Bryce Young is actually good. uh, And that Carolina is not really as bad as we think they are. And to a certain extent that is true, but I also just like in that spot, the saints suck. And that game should have been, there were so many opportunities for Carolina to make that a tie game or a, a one point game at the half. And they screwed all of them up. And then uh, New Orleans comes out in the second half, scores like one touchdown, and then hits the either hit the block punt at the end of the first half or hit it at the beginning of the second half. And the game just spiraled out of control. But I will stand by that Carolina plus five and a half last week was the right pick against the Saints because the Saints are, are abysmal and didn't do anything on offense until the third quarter of that game. So, Underrated Giants defense, a Giants team that's not really now in the sweepstakes for one of those top two quarterbacks, so they have a little bit more to play for. Um, and Dayball, I think, is trying to instill some belief in this roster that they can compete going into the next offseason. You know, hopefully they f- they figure out the quarterback situation and uh, and they can pick it back up, you know, from uh, where they left off, not obviously this year, but the year before. Um, and, and it's just DeVito. DeVito's playing fairly well. So uh, I think plus six is a smart play here. Like I said, it, it, the Giants aren't a good team, but the Saints are really bad. The Saints are very, very, very bad. And they keep winning games in spite of themselves. 
And so I'm going to fade the Saints here, and I'm going to take the under because I think the way that the Giants get there is by running the football, playing good defense, and the Saints just can't score. So give me the under 39. I'll take the Giants plus six as well. I I like it, except I've watched the Giants play football this year, so I, I can't in good conscience tell. They, they have been better <laughs> the past three weeks. Not no, good, have. but better. I agree. I agree. Um, I'll give you my last one for this slate, and then you let me know what you got. I'm taking Buccaneers Packers under 42 and a half. Um, I think the Packers will win pretty handedly in this game. I also kind of like Packers minus three and a half. I just, I, the Bucks have been hit and miss. I think this is a miss, right? Like they've kind of like Baker's playing very well to his credit. Um, and they're scoring a lot of points, but it just feels like this is one of those ones where they're going to play a Packers team that desperately needs a win. Um, and I think they're going to struggle uh, I, to their credit. The Buccaneers have put up 20 or more points in the last three games. I think we see a little bit of a regression to the mean here. I think we see about 13, 14 points. This stays just barely under. So I'm going to take the under 42 and a half. seems like two teams that probably aren't accustomed to playing each other that much either. It's going to be cold out and Lambeau, 10 mile an hour wins. This is like a run the football, hope you get up early and then just keep running it kind of game. So two sub 500 teams, I'll take the under 42. I don't hate that. I took the same exact logic, but with the Giants Packers under on Monday night um, and Saquon fumbled and then the Packers scored, and then obviously the Giants had to go down and score to win the game, so the game went over. Um, but felt like the right logic, so I don't necessarily hate the pick here. Uh, my last one, I'm going to take the Jets-Dolphins over 37. Um, okay. This is, like, the game that they played earlier this year, the the Black Friday game, uh, I know there were some funky plays in that game, but the... That was a 34-12 to 12 game, and that was the Jets at home in the weather after Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, 34-13. Um, and that game still went over 37. So, like, I know Tyreek's a little banged up, but the Dolphins get the Jets at home. They have the opportunity to sort of dictate the tempo here. The Jets are coming off a good defensive performance but I don't know that that necessarily holds up. This is a, like, Miami can get in rhythm here and get their mojo back sort of game. And then on the other side of the football, like, Miami's defense is pretty banged up and did not look good against Will Levis. So there's no reason to think that Zach Wilson can at least put up, like, a, like, scoring sort of performance, if not, like, a, an, a Pro Bowl one. So, like, if you think the Jets can get 14 points here and Miami wins this game, like I said, 30 31 14 28 14 like you're you're over the number easily so uh, and like we we devalue the Dolphins performance last week because they lost in the way that they lost but they did still score 27 in a loss so like the the offense wasn't the problem at some point like the the way you manage the game and the way you play defense is the problem but offensively you got the points you needed now you know they got some turnovers at the beginning of the game that made that easier but they still capitalized so um, yeah, overall, I, th- I just think thir- 37 feels like a rock fight sort of total for the NFL. And that this just feels like a step above that. So I'm going to take the over here, even though the 
you know, 79% of the public and 84% of the cash is on the under. I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see the logic there, you know? I, I don't hate it. I don't hate the pick. Uh, all right, let's move on. We only have two afternoon games on Sunday, uh, which really stinks. So we're just going to run through the why rest do we of need, the... Like, why do we need seven one o'clock games? Again, someone in the NFL, like, I'm sure there's a reason they do it. I just don't care what the FCC, like, reason is, and they should just violate the law. And yeah, put on the but, like, why, like why are the Packers playing at noon? A perfect question. That's like, a that's a very important game between two teams that are like technically still thing, in the run. Same thing the with the Saints. Like, why are the like why are the Packers and Saints playing at noon? That doesn't make any sense at home. Like, you could have that would be five one p.m. games, four four p.m. games, and a Sunday night game. That would be beautiful. Why? Like, who did this? I. I don't know. And I agree hundred percent there. I mean, there should be at least three, even with the Saturday games, there should be three games on cause there's bowl games this weekend, right? Yes. Like we, we have other football on Saturday. So I don't know. Very frustrating. And I agree, but let's run through it. And um, also like just weekend before Christmas, people got shopping to do like uh, every procrastinating dad in America, you know, is going to go out and buy, you mm-hmm. know, whatever piece of jewelry his wife has been telling him he wants for Christmas for the past two months. So like, just give them a day off, and then everybody gets to hang out on Sunday. Like, you know, if you're not a bowl game person, you know, obviously you and I are, but if, if for the general NFL watching public, just let the guy go to the store. <laughs> so that's, that's not a bad idea. I do, <laughs> I do like that. I do like that. There's, there's a full slate on Saturday ish, but, but yeah, uh, it, more late, more late afternoon games. Uh, okay, yeah. so the, the last four games of the week: 49ers at, at Cardinals. 49ers are 12-point favorites. Over-under is 47.5. That's pretty high, in my opinion. Uh, the other games, uh, 3.30 Eastern time kick, Cowboys-Bills. Bills are two-point favorites. Over-under is 50. You got Sunday night football, which is Ravens-Jags. That should be a pretty good one. Ravens are three-point favorites away at the Jags. Over-under is 42.5. And then we finish up with Eagles at Seahawks. Eagles are three-point favorites after their essentially three-game, four-game slide. Over-under is 47 and a half. Um, I'll go first here because I got a two-for-one on one game. I'm going Bills minus two and Bills Cowboys under 50 and a half. Um, I think the Bills desperately need a win. I think they will play hungry and angry um, at home in – like an afternoon game where they usually do pretty well, in my opinion. And then under 50 here, I know these two teams score a lot, but they're two good teams playing two good teams. And typically, like we've seen the Bills, the Bills put up 20 against the Chiefs and won, right? The Cowboys have been dousing really bad teams, but then they play good teams and they struggle a lot more. So I think we actually see under 50 here. So that's my that's my pick for the 3 p.m. slate, 3.30 slate. Um. I I don't have anything on that game. I I don't I totally see the logic there, but I there's part of me that's like, what if this is just the game where the Cowboys figure it out on the road and, and yeah. like, beat a good team? And so And like, the Bills I, would be the team that gets figured out on Yeah, and like and to me I know that's like, mean, but yeah, like we were talking about, you know, how um really 
the the offsides call overshadowed the narrative that Sean McDermott blew that game. Uh, and Kansas City just miraculously didn't make him pay for it. But Sean McDermott really almost cost the Bills that win. And they weren't that great offensively. Um, so, like, I don't know if they just sort of got really lucky in that Chiefs game or if that was – like, they obviously needed it. They obviously gutted it out. Josh Allen made some incredible plays. But I don't know that that was like a – like amazing performance from the, this Bills team. So um, if that's what I think, maybe there's a chance the Cowboys get him, and that was enough for me to stay away from this this one. Um, I am going to take uh, the Niners minus 12 and a half. I know this is like a square pick according to the numbers. 64% of the, uh, of the tickets are on San Francisco. 55% of the cash is on Arizona. Kyler's been playing well. It's just to me like this, like we were talking about at the beginning, this feels like where San Francisco starts putting their foot down on the gas to run to the one seed. And then like, they'll take it off for a second and then they'll run through the playoffs. Like it just, it, it really does feel like the stars are aligning for the 49ers. And I feel like this is the sort of game where, yeah, even though Kyler is playing for his job and like the Cardinals are playing well, it just feels like this is a spot where they look like they have no answers. And the the Niners have really been dominant since they got healthy. So, um, yeah, I'm going to take the 49ers, uh, even with the points. I like it. I like it. Um, I will say I have one more pick uh, in this last series of four games we're talking about. Uh, I'll go first. I'm going to take the Eagles minus, minus three here. Um, Need a win against the Seahawks team that I'm not particularly high on. Uh, in primetime on Monday, a little bit of extra rest, kind of recover like the wounds from last week. Um, I think the Eagles come out. I think the Eagles trounce the Seahawks. I think we're back to talking about the Eagles as the NFC champion, uh, NFC East champion, rather, uh, and, and they kind of roll into the last you know three, four games they got uh, this year. Um, having crushed the Seahawks. I, I, this, this to me stands out as a game where the Eagles come out firing, or we really do find out the Eagles are frauds. Uh, and this is a much different conversation come next week, but I, I do see the Eagles coming out here on Monday night and, and crushing the Seahawks. Um, I think they win too. I just see it more as like they gut out a win and that sort of gives them the momentum to beat up the giants next week. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens Jags over 42 and a half. Um, this one also completely opposite the, the Vegas numbers. Uh, sorry. 84% of the cash is on the, uh, sorry. 84% of the tickets are on the under 83% of the cash is on the under. Uh, I'm going to take the over here because the Jaguars defense just gave up 28 to the Browns. Um, the Ravens defense, despite the fact that we think they are, very good gave up 31 to the Rams and when you look at the teams that they have played and shout out to uh Mike Lombardi for going through the schedule but when you look at the the teams the Ravens have played when they play good quarterbacks they don't perform at the same level that they do against everybody else uh and so you know I think Lawrence is a good quarterback had the layoff to get healthy this week and so I just think there's a chance that this is a, a game that scores in the mid to high 20s. Um, and, and Baltimore's been pretty good on the road this year outside of the Steelers game. So 
Uh, I think that Baltimore gets theirs. I think Jacksonville keeps this competitive because they, you know, another loss here would really put them into a conversation with the Texans that they never wanted to be in. So uh, I think I don't really know what side of the the spread here to land on. I think the Ravens ultimately win, but I uh, will just take these two teams to get over the totals. Yeah, over forty two and a half. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Is that uh, your last pick for this? Yep. Fine. Okay. Well, that's been our episode. Some pretty good talk about playoff picture, and uh, you know, I think by the end of. I, I think by the end of next week, if I'm looking at kind of the schedule and breakdown, I think you're going to see a few flexes, obviously, for those like last week divisional matchups that matter the most. Um, but like we're, we're starting to get in those like next week is Lions Vikings, which will play a key role in whether we're talking about a Vikings team that somehow jumped ahead or, or a Lions team that pulled through in the end. Right. There's a couple of those games. So it should be interesting uh, to see what what Christmas Eve uh, holds for a lot of these teams coming up here. But that's been our show. Thank you for listening and like and subscribe.